Hello, welcome. Come in, set yourself down, take your shoes off, all that stuff. Welcome to Adam and Steve Save the Music Industry, episode five. Here's how we're going to save it. Uh, Each episode, we put forward two amazing new ideas that are definitely going to save the music industry. We uh, thrash them out, we make our arguments, and we choose the best of the pair, uh, eventually sending it off to uh, like a label or somebody or other. I don't know, somebody big in the music industry. uh, Bruce Springsteen, he's 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 big, <laughs> so he's he's going to implement this this week's one. Um, it's a completely foolproof plan. Uh, even a couple of fools like us can manage it. Um, so without further ado, um, let me officially welcome. You'll have heard a few chuckles there. I apologise for that. I've got Steve here with me. I've also Hi. got uh, Steve's there. I've also got Dylan. Hello, Dylan. Hello. Coming Hi. down the line from. Uh, Belgrade, where are you this week? Uh, I'm in I'm in Brighton this ah, week, yeah, uh, amongst seagulls, snoring dogs, and general uh, faffery outside my window. Nice. So if if that's nice. on there, that's that's kind of nice, right? I've got seagulls and lawnmowers outside. Yep, I, I've got seagulls and I've got quite a lot of earth hum. Um, apologies for that, everyone at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but nice. you can really tune into that um, 50 hertz hum, and you can use that mm. for uh, like. Relative pitch, if you're trying to transcribe something, it's pretty useful. 50, yeah. 50 hertz. And also, like, you know, it gives. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking over you. Like, that's a really bad idea. No, that's, no, that's, that's, that's how we roll, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to get my, I want to get my facts in about this earth hum, which also yeah. is, it just, it really, I mean, you know, I was going to say it grounds you, but that's terrible, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it, it, uh, it you know, yeah. it's, it's possible to identify that you are in the UK mm. or yes. some other country that has mm. 50 hertz. That's right. They use it for um, like what's what's the CSI? Um, those lot. They've got a name for the job yep. that they do. Um, forensics. Forensics. There you go. Audio forensics um, in in okay. recordings, and you can uh, track the exact pitch of that earth hum uh, to a, to like a time of day, to a particular like moment where wow. you, you know that's where the, that's where the grid was in terms of frequency. The Oz, is that true? That is true. I mean that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? Um, Amazing. And uh, the the power cuts in the UK that we had earlier this week were due to the frequency of of like the grid dropping down below. I think it got down to like forty eight point something hertz. Yeah. Yeah. I heard um, that on the radio. That, that's, that's that's what caused, unheard of. That's what caused the um, a couple of uh, well, at least one of the power um, factories, power factories. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, that's what caused it's, that it's to shut down. Millions safely. of hamsters running on wheels. <laughs> so, so what you're saying the is power factory. So what you're saying is like the the power grid system is a bit like the plot from the movie Speed. So like if if the power grid goes below fifty hertz, or maybe let's say forty nine hertz, then uh, it just kind of blows up or stops working. Yeah, but yeah. I yeah, like wasn't like wasn't speed two on a boat or something yeah uh so th- this is like speed three the power grid i'm pretty sure they made a speed three did they oh okay i'm not entirely sure but i'm pretty sure well was speed two called cruise control yeah it was yeah that's that's <laughs> the one that's <laughs> that's the boat man cruise yeah. control oh my gosh this is already gold right yeah <laughs> I mean, absolutely <okay>. uh, <laughs> But we're not here to talk <laughs> about uh, speed sequels. We're here to do, do some uh, saving the music industry. We so are. We, we've we've got Dylan in, in today um, to have a sort of uh, some some new ideas pumped in. Uh, five mm. five episodes in, we're already <laughs> no, we're not. We're yeah, we are. We're already running out of good ideas. So, um, given that uh, Steve is leading the series right now, um, Steve's gonna pitch an idea of his own. Um, I'm going to join in on Steve's side and we're both going to argue against an idea that Dylan has brought to save the music industry. It feels polite that maybe guests should start. Do we, do we feel... Yeah, okay. I'm down with that, if Dylan is. Yeah, man. That's good. I'm cool, cool. with it. Okay, so uh, here we go. Uh, my idea is this, which is that basically any music release should be super limited. So when you have um, a release on, on a record or you have a release on cassette, you know, you're quite used to this idea that you're only going to have so many copies. But what I want to do is to extend that into all formats. 
So if you're releasing something uh, digitally, there are only a certain number of copies of that. So maybe, say, 200 in each territory, something like that. And here's the, here's the kind of good thing. This is where it kind of gets interesting. So there's, there's none of this kind of like sharing of, of, you know, thousands of copies. There's no endless copies of things out there that you can just kind of listen to. There are only kind of these 200 at the starting point. The good thing is that you go, well, you know, like no one's going to be able to hear my music. But this is the thing that I want to get from this, which is about sharing. Um, so you can share these um, live super limited editions as much as you like but you can only do it in person. So the idea oh. is behind this is to bring back listening parties. Oh, I love it. So you kind of get uh, like the rarity. You know, you've, you've been that one person to, to get hold of this track. You know, it was super hard for you to go and get that track, but now you can share it with your friends. You can kind of listen to it. You can appreciate it. And I think one of the things that's kind of nice about that is maybe that you're more likely to give something a go, mm. you know, because there's, there's only so much availability of music. This is kind of like the thing is that we have so much access to stuff and it's it's kind of everywhere that we we end up sort of, you know, on mass, I'm talking about a we in this case, we end up kind of listening to the same stuff over and over again. Or, you know, somebody like Drake releases something, you know, like drops a playlist or sticks a you know, a self-aggrandizing video on YouTube. And then it's kind of the next day there's like 20 million views on it or something. That's going to stop with this. Yeah. So the idea, yeah. yeah. I like so the, Yeah. Do, um, have, okay, you, have either cool. of you um, come across like bundling in sort of music industry terminology? Yeah, like in distribution. It's mm. like, uh, you know, even kind of traditional models, like when you had a, a record store, you would, you know, go, okay, well, you're going to stock this record for us. Um, and if you do that, you know, we'll give you so many copies, but you also have to take this thing. Yes. You know, that we, you know we, we've got a load of, um, and you can have it for really cheap, but it's like, here's a bundle of this stuff. Uh. So you can then, you can have the things that you know are going to sell, but we want you to try this stuff out as well. Mm. Is that, that the kind of thing? You the, there's that. There's also, maybe not here, but in American charts, you can sell somebody a T-shirt, that's whatever 15 bucks and it comes bundled with a record that counts as a record sale okay. and so like most recently there was a big battle in the charts between uh dj khalid and tyler the creator and i think khalid had was selling sort of these these like big multi-packs of energy drinks you'd <laughs> buy like a 12 pack of energy drink <laughs> And that would come with twelve copies of his of his single, <laughs> and that that oh was and that was the way oh, of wow. charting. Yeah, okay, pretty wild. And so, yeah, uh, I love I love your idea for stopping that. Um, mm, that yeah, should, hopefully that yeah. should stop that. There's also um, like Old Town Road, right, which is happening at the moment. It's not not really on the radio here, but in the states, that song has broken the charting record, I think, for weeks at number one. Yes, it has. Mainly by releasing it again and again with new verses on it so same song different right. guest artist the guy who did it he's got one of those new names with like a currency symbol in it i forget, <laughs> I forget his name i'm really sorry um, it's like like big yenny yeah and uh nice. so, and, like he's he's actually on twitter been saying ha look at this thing that i'm doing to keep Old Town Road in the charts. You know, we want to be there all year. We've got new verses for you. It's coming out and coming out and coming out. And uh, mm. on the one hand, it's sort of um, like interesting that that is a thing that's working, how that chart in the in the States actually works. It's weird. Mm. But from a, from a like music point of view, I think that's just dreadful. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Do you yeah. not want to yeah. hear that song? No. I mean, weeks. I mean, one, it's it's not it's not a good song in the first place. Well, yeah, that that's um, part of it too. So, I mean, to extend the life of something that is just lowest common denominator, and to really exploit that, I mean, yeah, on one hand, it is great, but I'm, I'm not into that. As an <laughs> we, idea. we already had Kid Rock. Take the hint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh. 
But I mean, you know, like part of this idea is to kind of get back to music to being um, like a social activity as well. Communal. Communal. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So so that you um, you can only access this music in person. It's like in, in the gaming world, it's like a local co-op for music. Mm. So you, you can't. So you can't just um, kind of share this stuff online. You know, you kind of like, you're the lucky person. I don't know, maybe you've won a lottery for one of the big artists when they release, so you get to have one of those 200 copies. Mm. You know, you're the lucky person that's got that. You can't that just kind of like sell a ticket online or, you know, sort of go, right, well, I'm going to upload it and everybody can um, have a copy for themselves. You have to hang out with these people that want to listen mm. to it. So it's like this this growth of music as well is is a lot more organic than mm. you know instead of this this kind of um what's this track called country road not country old, road old town road old old town you road you know how okay, it goes right. don't try and <laughs> <laughs> no um but you know like that that whole thing is is designed to exploit you know digital music uh platforms and and social platforms and how we interact now but you know like the model before was you know, you would get this kind of rare um, copy of a record and you could share that with your friends. And I don't want to stop that. I don't want to go, okay, you, you can't kind of like have a copy and take it home and enjoy the music. But I think it's that kind of sharing aspect that we've we've kind of lost. I know that we share kind of in, instantly now and we share a lot of music with each other just by sending links and, you know, YouTube streams or whatever. But how many times have you been sent a link and been like, oh yeah, I'll listen to that later and then never listen to it? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I, I tend... I, Maybe I'm yeah, the only right. one out of us who does that. Sorry, Maybe. Guys. Oh, dark, You just like, uh, you know, whenever I send you a video now or a link, I'm like, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to question that. Oh, there'll, there'll be a um, quiz afterwards. Uh, this is a bit like when, you know, you like you skip to the, skip to the end of it, go, yeah, man, I really like the ending or something. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, but no, man, I, I tend to listen to things when people send them to me because... Um, I feel like someone's given like enough of a shit to send me something. Um, they go, hey, I think you'd like this. Um, I'm going to spend the time listening to it. It's a bit like, you know, if somebody's made you a mixtape or something. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, they spent a time kind of crafting this thing. They go, hey, uh, yeah, I, I think I really like, like you. Well, it's it's not just like a, a thing of love, though, is it? I mean, no, no, no. I mean, like, like, you know, I've, I've made mixtapes for, for my dad, you know, like it's... The, the, sure. But you know, if someone goes to that effort, you would listen. But you know, when when like someone's just like, oh yeah, here's a tune. I think you'd like it. Sometimes, yeah. not every time. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I'll check that out later, <laughs> and I don't get yeah. answer it. You know, but if well, I was at well, that person's yeah. house with 10, 15 other people, you're and- not going to close your ears, put your earplugs in, or something, are no, you? No, man. Okay. You know, you're all like <laughs> drinking tea or beer or wine or whatever, and there's some some foody bits out, and you. You listen to an album and then you talk about it. Um, I mean, two things come to mind. I remember my, my dad explaining to me about when Sgt. Pepper came out. And uh, back then, you know, like records were expensive relative to income, right? Mm. And um, his mates got Sgt. Pepper because it was birthday was around that time and they knew it was coming out. And so his parents bought him Sgt. Pepper for his birthday. And so my dad and a few of his other friends, they all went round to his mate's house and they just sat and they listened to Sgt. Pepper. Now, obviously, mm. that was a groundbreaking album for the time and it was pretty mind-blowing and they'd have been like 15, 16. So pretty eye-opening experience. Um, mm. And they said that they would they just kept doing this after school every day for weeks. They'd go back to this kid's house and they'd just listen to it. And then, like, as soon as it got to the end, they'd turn it over and listen to it again and talk about it. And that's Great. like... I, I can't remember the last time I did something like that where we just sat down with some mates and just listened yeah, yeah, in silence, just sat there silently, listened to something and then talked about it and then maybe listened yeah. to it again and talked about it some more. And the idea of that becoming a communal thing again, which I'm sure it used to be, is very exciting. I, I like that yeah. a lot. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at really is you know there's there's a sense of loss in this i mean there's, there's lots of great stuff that comes from all you know kind of the accessibility of music mm. um but also i think there is there is this kind of loss mm. 
you know, whether that's kind of a flooding of the market of stuff that you don't necessarily want to listen to and you've got to kind of wade through it or you can't help but be exposed to it when it's broadcast um, mm. or, or whether it's, you know, actually finding the music in the first place. You know, like this, this kind of thing means that people don't get drowned out quite so much either. Because if there are only so many copies and only so many parties, or, you know, it doesn't have to be a party. You know, it could just be, you know, hanging out with your mates, as you say. Mm. Then then you're far more likely to be exposed to kind of new things and people more likely to give different things a go. Um, it would make discovering music, new music, way more exciting. Mm. I mean, it's already yeah. exciting as it is, but like the number of times I've thought I might be onto something and then felt a little bit underwhelmed, but that's mm. because of the frequency with which I'm introduced to new music almost daily. Where it's mm. like if hearing new music was like happened once every month or every couple of months, that's going to be way more impacting on me uh, mm. as as a sort of experience. Yeah. But a few a few things you mentioned uh, you mentioned lottery earlier, so that means I'm guessing that you would apply for you know you enter a lottery for the right to buy yeah the music i mean maybe because because my my initial worry was when you said they'd be very limited i'd be like oh well then just like loads of like wealthy collectors are going to snap them all up Mm -hmm. and everyone's going to be without music but um if you like like you know those funny nissan figaros those funny little cars those little convertibles yeah yeah yeah. sold in japan um they were from the offset it was a marketing exercise uh, this is going to be a one of a type car. We're only making this many. If you want to buy one, you have to apply for a lottery ticket with which to buy one, um, and that that mm-hmm. that democratized everything straight away. It stopped sure. it stopped wealthy people jumping in first and going, "Here's your money." Um, so that kind mm-hmm. of principle, I'm guessing, would be in place to help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, democratize things. Um, yeah, I had another thing, but I've forgotten it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just just on that, I think for a second, because I think I think it is really important to acknowledge that, like, if you, if you have to physically go somewhere and um, be played this music by somebody who owns one, mm. there is this there is this difficulty maybe, um, if maybe you have to. Uh, travel across the world. I mean, maybe there's a there's like a environmental impact from this right. this idea. Um, uh, which you know maybe is a, a little bit negative, but I think that kind of idea about how you become one of those people to be able to get the you know one of the two hundred or, or whatever it is, um, I think it is really important that it doesn't become this weird um, collectorist thing, mm. which is about kind of money um, and how much money you've got to be able to be part of that. Um, and I, I, one thing that maybe I should have said is that I, I think this also should apply to broadcast as well. That was so, going to be my next point. What happens with broadcast? Uh-oh. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe this is going to make life a bit bit harder. But um, And particularly if we're talking about industry and making money, I kind of get that's the title of the podcast. <laughs> but, but, um, but I think that, you know, like one of the other things here is, is sort of how much music we're, we're exposed to or, you know, maybe not the best music on, on radio and on adverts and, and everything else. But I think that also... If you're going to play this music out, if you're going to broadcast it, then you have to be one of those first 200 as well. So this sort of has this other kind of side of, or this other aspect of um, rarity, you know, how you, how you get exposed to something in the first place. And this, I don't know, like the the longevity thing is something that's that's kind of quite interesting to me. Like, um, it's quite interesting that the track that you mentioned earlier, um, Adam, like, the old town road go you know on. all the words yeah i don't want to say it again i mean <laughs> I, I, I actually don't man i mean that's the thing it's like i've heard i've heard snippets of it <laughs> um and, and i think that's enough like i've heard 30 seconds maybe in total right. but you know i know what the track does and i don't want a part of that you know like <laughs> I, th- I think that's that's the thing is that it's impossible almost to avoid this stuff mm. um and i think one of the things that would happen in this case is that you know, DJs would go back to being tastemakers, you know, like they would go back to um, curating. So they'd be able to kind of go, well, you know, this is a track that that I've got hold of and, you know, other DJs haven't, so they can't play it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then 
you know, you still have that connection with music that you don't own um, or that you don't have, um, you know, people uh, that have it that you can go and listen to. But uh, I don't know. Is this going to go back to recording things off the radio? No, I don't think so. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I think that kind of like defeats the object. <laughs> I mean, that you know, tape, home taping is killing music. Yeah, I right. mean, that's, that's the thing, right? <laughs> Um, it would it would kill this idea. Yeah, inevitably there'll be a, a like a black market for mm. no, sort of no. uh, pirated no. copies of of things. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you know, in all of these things, there were there were people be the people circumventing it. I guess um, bad people. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's not in the spirit of it, is it? No. I mean, you know, if you kind of set stuff up to be about community and sharing and discovery of music and then it's about well can we can we save a copy can we exploit the system can we uh make money i don't know mm. that's bad isn't it mm. um so i yeah I'm, I'm worried a bit like steve was saying about um the possibility for a, like a monetization of that scarcity i'm worried about touts you know that there's there's mm. 200 copies and that they will immediately end up on ebay for <laughs> lots of money yeah. Mm. yeah i suppose record stay, store day is a bit like that isn't it yeah right um yeah. It is I'm, I'm i'm also a bit worried about um like if if i'm an artist and i'm used to selling a thousand or a hundred thousand or 10 million copies of something how, like how 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 can i be sustained on 200 copies is there some kind of yeah that was my thought where where's yeah. the money now yeah yeah okay well I mean, the the simple answer to this is um, live performance. Oh wow! Like, okay. Uh, like kind of now, like you will grow um, organically a mm. really strong fan base. You know, people um, will become devoted to your music through this. I think so. You, people will seek you out and come and see you live. Uh, and I think and that, that I think also actually yeah. if if you've grown uh, a culture of people meeting up to listen to music mm -hmm. I think there will be a stronger culture of people wanting to go to small local gigs yes yeah I, I think I the think two so. will go hand in hand um, you know there's there's there, there has been a bit of a not so much a boom but um, Big artists doing gigs, their ticket mm. prices have just gone up and up and up and up and up, and people are still happily paying it. Um, I don't know, but maybe that affects how much people go to cheaper, small-scale yeah. gigs. I, I don't know, maybe uh, if, if, if lots of people are shelling out hundreds of pounds to go and see big-name artists, maybe they mm. they don't have as much money to sh shell out to go and see the smaller artists, um, whereas this thing might bring everything down because it might mean that big artists have once big artists or what would have been big artists are now smaller mm. artists with more dedicated fan bases. So yeah. they would naturally play smaller gigs, but then also those yeah. gigs might attract the attention of people who've never even heard of them, but they go, Oh, this band's playing and they've, they're sort of this style, a bit like this other person mm. I heard and they'll go and check that out. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a total sort of uh, culture-shifting, ethos-shifting mm. yeah. approach. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's there's, act, there's um, appetite for that sort of thing at the moment as well with things like So Far Sounds. Uh, so, you know, yes. people who, who sort of buy a ticket but they don't know what they're going to go and see. Mm. Um, and it's about the experience of, of seeing live music um, and knowing that, you know, this... Uh, organization have um, curated this stuff so kind of going well we know we don't know what we're going to see but we know it's going to be interesting or you know it's going to have some merit to it um, and that's kind of I guess part there's a similar kind of idea going on here in terms mm -hmm. of the availability of stuff but it's also about communities of people coming together and listening I guess if I go to a disco di disco is that what is that what it's called? <laughs> a dis a I mean, uh, yeah, discotheque. Yeah. If I go to it, does is the DJ a school disco? Yeah, or right. roller disco. When I go to the when I go okay. to the roller disco, um, yeah, uh, am I being shared the songs that the DJ is playing? Do I take those home at the end of the night? 
Um, let's say, yeah. I mean, I think that's okay. Um, I think that's reasonable because you, you're going out and experiencing music in person. Somebody's playing it to you. Yeah. They're sharing it with you. I think that's okay. Yeah. Why not? Cool. There's sort of an inherent like additional value to that that DJ's set, right? Not only do yeah, you, sure. you, you trust their curation, but you're you're also being gifted exactly. those songs. Absolutely. And you know, either they've had to be one of the first two hundred in, in getting that record, or they themselves have had to be to mm. gone uh, they've had to go to a listening party or other roller disco <laughs> to be able to <laughs> get the tracks yeah i'm just imagining these people kind of going around in roller discos (laughs) like hoovering up track shares Mm, i mean beautiful i don't know that there's a machine to do this or not yet but there that's where i'm at with you know with a little dust buster or something when you went to the swimming pool uh did they used to play music do you remember back in the 90s yeah 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 yeah. that was the thing wasn't it yeah yeah Yeah. so that that too The, the swim disco yeah i mean Swimming, swim disco. I can't imagine that. I, I mean, I don't want to put too many layers in this about um, or you know cast aspersions on who runs the the playlist at the swimming pool. Yeah. But uh, I'm just thinking that the the level of DJ and the commitment that you might have, you might end up with some quite short loops at, at your local swimming pool right. in terms of what tracks are available. <laughs> or maybe this is a golden opportunity. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, for, for better, for the better uh, but, curation yeah. of public music. A boom era for yeah. the DJ. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, swimming pool DJs. Yeah, there's yeah. a real like genuine sense of, of like going viral with this idea. Mm. Right. You're you're there's a patient zero or two hundred patient zeros and the mm-hmm. the thing uh those those songs, you know, have a have a sort of um a virility, a, a like contagiousness. The, all these terms that, that we sort of are using for music already, but sort of really mm. really solidifies those really makes them quite literal which i really like i, f- I feel like yeah it's, yeah sort of if something's gone viral it's genuinely because people have interacted mm. with each other and coughed music all yeah. over each other yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know that's kind of the point isn't it to kind of reduce that flash in the pan type stuff and mm. going oh look I've, I've made this video um, and this video is something that you're going to share and it happens to have music on it. And, mm. you know, by proxy, you're going to engage with whatever repetitive music's on there. And it's it's just sort of an anti that, I guess. Yeah. 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 Like it. Yeah. Cool. Steve, then. Come on. Okay. Let's, let's <sighs> do it. Let's have this big idea. He's been he's been working on this for five episodes. Okay, and nice. Ready to... Well, let's not talk it up too much, actually. <laughs> I had the idea yesterday. Um, handicaps. Right? I, so, okay. 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 So you're playing you're playing a video game competitively against your mate. Your mate's way better than you. There's often a handicap setting. So it may be slightly easier for you to compete with your friend even though he's maybe more established and more experienced with that game. Um, mm. Do you remember that? That used to be a thing on like Street Fighter 2 on the mm. console editions, you know, in, in versus mode, you could you could set the, the a handicap of sorts. Um, I'm thinking applying handicaps to chart positions mm. and, and trending positions um, based on... Uh, previous sort of size and scale of artists. So Jay-Z is enormous and Billy No Mates that no one's heard of maybe only has a, a, let's say, like a thousand plays on SoundCloud or Spotify or whatever. He therefore has a massive handicap which proportionally bumps him up in relation to a big established artist alongside Jay-Z in not just like the billboard charts, but in all the other like, you know, YouTube trending, SoundCloud trending, Bandcamp charts, Spotify trending, all of these things. So because the way the way I look at it and I'm coming at this firmly as someone who is like independently releasing music, mostly via Bandcamp and Spotify, is that you have the established bigger names on these these sites who are always up the top 
of these chart slash trend lists. And then separate to the trend, you have the newest. Okay, so if you fall in between that, if you're if you haven't just released something and you're not shifting thousands of plays a day, you fall down this massive big black hole in the middle, along with probably another ninety percent of the user base of that that platform. What the handicap system would do would look at that the contents of that black hole and proportionally try and bring it up and level it out alongside the new guys and uh, the new releases and the really established people who are always up the top of these lists. Does that make sense? Mm, like an up and coming thing. Well, not just no. an up and coming thing because because okay, so like Bandcamp, you have new and notable. Yes, that's right. like that thing in in mm. quotes, new and notable. And so if I released something today uh, with the hashtag RetroWave and you went to look at the RetroWave charts on Bandcamp, boom, it would be there. New and notable. Okay. In a month's time, it might have completely dropped off the face of the earth. It won't be on the new and notable and it won't be on the all-time best-selling because all-time best-selling could have a legacy, you know. Um, mm. it, it could go back. There, there are some... There are some releases on the all-time best-selling on Bandcamp that are just always there. Things like the Minecraft soundtrack. Okay, now, the Minecraft soundtrack's lovely. Uh, it's really nice ambient electro stuff. I doubt it's shifting as many units today as it was shifting five years ago. But because Minecraft was such a boom thing a few years back and so many people went and bought this release, that it is one of the best-selling releases on Bandcamp. And so it's always... Up the, up the top, always getting people's attention, keeping it there constantly, just looking at it going, oh, yeah, that's nice, listening to it. Every time someone listens to it because it's there, it gets more plays and stays there. And newer releases, after they've been out for a few days and they come off the new release list, they plummet to the bottom of their categories where no one's ever going to find them because the established ones are there garnishing attention. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, bubbling under. I'm trying to. Yeah, trying bubbling to, under. Yeah, mm. that's the kind of language around it that I'm trying to trying to find. Yeah. So mm. if you apply some kind of handicap weighting, whereby you know how many plays does it get a week, offset against how many plays the the big guys get, and then you you I I don't understand them. I can't begin to try and comprehend any sort of maths thing because I'm not really a maths person, but you apply some kind of weighting to that to bring up these lesser played things. Not to say that if something's had no plays, it goes to the top of the list because it, if it's had no plays, it might be because it's just rubbish. <laughs> um, mm. You know, you, you probably want a certain amount of something to make it eligible to classify, qualify, to qualify for a... Mm. Uh, a handicap but once it's got that handicap it starts to creep up and people can see it and then hopefully what would therefore happen is that over time things would get released they'd get a bit of attention being under the new releases thing and then with that little bit of attention after a few days the handicap would kick in and they'd sort of crop up and then as they'd get all big and popular the, the pre-established things would drop down the list a bit. And then after a little while, if something gets really, really popular, the handicap kicks in the other way and it starts to slip down the list again as, as newer things come up. And it stops there always being these big epic things that are always out there, always like garnishing loads of people's time and attention and money. And instead... It, Things come and go a lot more. There's a much more ebb and flow. Um, it would definitely address this old country road thing, whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, right. That's what road. I was thinking. Right? Yeah. Because Old Town Road, huge, massive, great, enormous. But then because it's so big, after a few weeks, the handicap kicks in. And it doesn't matter if mm -hmm. it's still getting a bazillion viral plays and downloads every day. It's now got the handicap kicking in, so it's going to subside whilst other different p 
potentially better quality music that doesn't have the marketing power would rise up and be able to take the limelight for a little bit. And and that would be universal across all all, all platforms that utilise any form of chart and or trend type system. So like I say, everything from Spotify to iTunes to Billboard to Bandcamp to SoundCloud, Deezer, every, everything, you know. Because mm. let's face it, everything uses charting of some form or other. Yeah. So no matter yeah. how you consume your music, and maybe it would even apply to how much DJs can play songs as well so they can't constantly keep churning you the same stuff because there's a handicap system that says well you've played that too frequently in the last month so now that's got to come down and yeah that's 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 it's a bit of a simpler idea than yours d but that's yeah so okay i really like it really like it i think there's some really nice things in this um so you're saying about spotify so Mm. so that applies to their um, sort of suggestive um, playlist. So the algorithmic based playlist would kind of pick up on this instead of it being like, you liked this, so you might like this. It might be like, you liked this, so we're not going to play you this, we'll play you something else entirely. Is, is that the kind of idea that you would kind of have things that, you know, aren't super, super popular? Well, I guess but so, yeah. They could because, be popular. Because. I what I love the whole you liked this so try this on Spotify. I sure. think that's really it feels really dialed in. Uh, other websites do that sort of thing and it's like, huh? What no? <laughs> Whereas when Spotify does it, I'm like, ooh, that's nice. Mm. I like that. Um Sure. I, and so I'd like Spotify to keep that in place, but mm-hmm. you know, not say, Oh, because you like this, you know, here's this other song that's got 50 million streams. Like, nah, yeah. nah, mate, don't give me something with 50 million streams. Give me something with 5,000 streams that sure. I will like as much as that other thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's all just about, I guess, almost like handicapping the exposure element mm-hmm. and how much how much you're exposed to um, on the charts, yeah. Cool, yeah. I mean, no, that's cool. Um, but I think there's there's this other thing, isn't there, with with Spotify that that's quite interesting about exposure and how much stuff's on that platform. I, I don't know if you guys are aware of um, the website Forgetify. <laughs> oh no. Have, no! have you come across this? Basically, it's where you can um, choose to listen to music that has uh, fewer than ten plays on Spotify. So it's it's something that has been, or something like templates. It's something that might have been uploaded ages ago, and and people have forgotten about, or self-released, um, or whatever. But basically, it's something that's kind of lost in the mire of Spotify, um, and it's kind of quite a cool idea. I think that it would just by the nature of it that nobody's really listened to these tracks, it would kind of give a platform for them. Mm. And I wonder, sort of, like how how much related to to your idea that might be yeah sort of going like but this is not new that's the thing it's 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 about exposure these things might have been on there for like five or you know even 10 years i suppose some of them for sure um that uh, needs to be yeah embedded into spotify's uh you know uh suggestion algorithm technology so because yeah yeah, i mean as great as it is i mean if, if it always gives you music that you want to hear I mean, and that's that's the difficulty with something like that, where the playlist becomes really, or the you know the algorithm becomes really good at anticipating what you might like. Mm. When do you get those curveballs? Yeah, exactly. Know, when do you get those things that are outside of your comfort zone? Yeah, um, it, beca- it becomes that echo chamber, right? The whole, yeah, the, the whole, exactly. the whole Facebook problem, whereby you like the things you like, and therefore it shows you more of mm. what you like, and then you end up with a really sure. warped view, a really narrow view of what things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's sort of nice. I mean, I don't know if you do it, but every now and again, I think it's worth just kind of picking a track that you don't like in Spotify to play. Yeah. Just so, you know, you're sort of gaming the algorithm to kind of throw you something in the middle of a list of stuff totally. uh, that you, you don't expect. And that's yeah. that's sort of quite nice. I mean, I, I've uh, con- consciously curate, like made my, you know, when you heart an artist mm. on Spotify, I've consciously got stuff that's like, Technical, heavy, uh, electro-y things all the way through to like uh, 
country artists and and 50s jazz just so it's like mm. right d- deal with that spotify you know um mm-hmm. see, see what you can throw me for exactly that reason i want to game the algorithm mm-hmm. um yeah but why should it be up to us to game the algorithm i guess is yeah, what I'm getting yeah. At. most users aren't going to be doing that no no quite but actually i think this is where steve's idea is um quite a good one because then it is it's sort of compensating for that you know how many other users with your profile have played this other track and you know it, it probably does have this tendency to play things that've got loads of streams by those users mm. as opposed to something that's new you know i guess this is the difference between curated playlist and you know sort of algorithmically generated stuff but why not as you say why not build that into the algorithm mm. you know why not have that kind of element of of parity between things that haven't been played that much and things that things that have you know that that's a nice idea i think evens the playing field levels the playing field a bit i guess is mm. what, what i'm what yeah. i'm going for between you know little dude at home with his mate who recorded acoustic guitar duo things and nobody really gets to get exposed to it all of a sudden mm. this handicap system would give them their their five minutes of fame which could be potentially life-changing which could mm. lead to major record label interest where they wouldn't have managed that before because they don't have the time and the resource to spend on self-marketing whereas it leaves it more prone to getting that shot at going viral and having loads of people like it and share it so so that no one can listen to it after it's got but you know ultimately like once people know about something they will add it they will heart it they can choose to yeah. listen to it mm-hmm. but yeah. it's all about how how the systems present stuff to us not being tied into this is just what's really popular therefore listen to it to keep it popular which mm-hmm. is kind of how the systems feel like they work at the moment you know there's songs on songs on youtube with 50 million streams will always be popping up because yeah. they've got so many streams mm. and it's like well, yeah. they've got that many streams stop popping them up <laughs> let's show me something that's in that style but has only got 2000 streams because i'm i'm more interested in that yeah man i like mm. I lo- i'm loving i've i pulled up uh forgot if i um quickly to have a look looks great mm-hmm. oh cool it's I, I wonder if there's a forgotify for podcasts and if so where can we sign ah, up right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> The thing I was wondering about this, and maybe this is quite an unpopular opinion um, about music that's not signed, uh, is that I don't know how many kind of unsigned um, internet radio streams you've listened to in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Ugh, sounds like but, hell. Yeah. Uh, just just imagining that actually, although there's loads of great music out there, sometimes stuff isn't found or played because it's not very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is true. So the danger with this maybe is that, yeah, people might get exposure, Mm. but also people would have like a a less good or less enjoyable listening experience, Mm. you know, on these platforms. So some, some, you know, companies like Spotify might go, okay, well, I don't want to do that because people are, you know, not enjoying the service or they're skipping Mm. or they're not spending as long on here or... They're not recommending this amazing now and next or whatever mm. uh, playlist to their friends yeah. because it, you know, it pops up crap. I don't know, like, if you guys were on it, but like, I don't, I will remember this. Is but when Spotify first started, um, you had to be invited um, to become a member. Yeah. Um, and on those kind of early days of the platform, it was they hadn't done those deals with the record labels. You know, the the ones that um, make all the artists loads of money. Hmm. <laughs> um so uh there was a lot of uh cover versions of stuff um yeah. on the platform and actually you know it kind of went on for a, a good few years afterwards and it, it would be irritating to be kind of listening to stuff and then you know hear a near version of something that you wanted to hear and so i think in those early days of the platform you know maybe growth was a bit slower than it could have been because of that 
Right. And I wonder if, if there would be some kind of negative uh, response to this in terms of your kind of listenership or similar. I mean, that that's why yeah. I, I mentioned that it, there needs to be a, a sort of a bottom end qualifier. Yeah. Like right. you don't qualify for a handicap until you've at least reached a certain standard. You know, so okay. it, you couldn't just record something on, on voice memo on your phone and publish it, <laughs> publish it via uh, DistroKid and then, and then right. hope for the best. Like it would still okay. need to be, before it would qualify for the handicap, it would still need to say, I don't know, have five or 10,000 plays okay. or something. You know, we'll, we'll pick a, a number that might feel big to an, a nobody, but would be small in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah. Maybe like mm. a five-figure number or something. Yeah, and di- difficult to mm. game. Uh, that's a worry of mine. That that like I, I feel like it's it's pretty cheap and easy to generate. There uh, five thousand plays. I don't know a, a mm. small number mm. Um, mm-hmm. to give you that kickstart onto the onto yeah. the bubbling under playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're the the sort of nuts and bolts of it. I, I feel like that'd be easy to feel out. That's sort of what YouTube's tried to do with its monetization, isn't it? It used to be that anyone could monetize, and then they went, nope, mm. actually, we're going to change this. You need to have a 1,000 subscribers or at least 100,000 minutes of, of viewing time per month to qualify for YouTube monetization. I think it was something like that anyway. And, yeah, loads of people just went, oh, my God, I'm not going to earn any YouTube revenues anymore. But in a way, when you think about it, if if you took that kind of... That, that that's not an easy thing you know a thousand subscribers on youtube isn't easy to get mm. you know you can be putting out good quality content and not have a thousand subscribers yeah. but yeah it's difficult to game like you say adam it's difficult to game to get to that point but once you're there if if this handicap system were in place you know difficult to game but once you hit it then there's sort of things will be exponential for a little bit and and help shine a light. Cool. I f- yeah. I feel mm. like yeah. We've 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 heard the arguments. Yeah. yeah. How we, how are we feeling there? Again, I think I think they're a couple of couple of strong ends. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It, it's all a question of coming back to saving the music industry, isn't it? So yeah. Mm. Which uh, and by saving the music industry, I guess that's a multifaceted thing. In terms of yeah, in terms of not just generating revenue, but like saving the soul of the music industry. Yeah, and broad, broader cultural impacts and blah de blah. Um, right. You know, if we think back to episode two, um, as as dystopian as it sounded, a music Brexit <laughs> won. Yeah. Uh, on the grounds that, <laughs> for rightly or wrongly, it caused so much attention to be paid to the music industry that. It, gener- it would generate revenue and save the music industry, the the the, mm. the chaos economics approach. So as rad, I mean for me at least, as radical as as your idea is, Dylan, um, and as hard to administer as it might be in the technical real world, um, I think that would have a much deeper and more significant global cultural impact. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I I agree certainly for for just in terms of like a sort of a new disruptive let's hit reset mm. kind of idea yeah and i think yeah but more more than that there's there's a really strong like c- cultural what's what's important about music culture uh that, that that idea really addresses and really magnifies that that i like a lot nice. yeah nice yeah so yeah i'd say that for our first guest episode the guest takes it oh nice yeah well, I'm honoured. Yeah, I'm honoured. Would you like to uh, blast the jingle, Dylan? Blast the blast jingle. jingle. Um, I've forgotten how the jingle goes. I'm really sorry. No, you, uh, Is it bomb, just, bomb, just... bomb, <laughs> bomb? <laughs> not, not that. The, the real jingle. Oh, right. You, oh, the because... Adam and Steve save jingle. Yeah. Yeah. So the, at, the, at this point, one of us would say we have a winner and there'd be some effects and a little jingle play. Yeah. So give us one of those. Okay, cool. Oh, well. We have a winner! Oh my god, that's good. Do, 
I can't remember how your jingle goes. But is it, what, it sounds it sounds a bit like the Wii Shop music, right? That's right. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the I mean, you should you should totally redo it as that. Uh, what uh, what a deep pleasure it's been to have you along. Dylan, yes. Um, to co- well, contribute, so much. contribute to the our ongoing project. Nice. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, it's always weird when. Yeah. Uh, it's been really nice. Yeah. Ah. Cool. Um, where can people find out about about you if if they want to do that? Okay, I'm at all the socials at the Dylan Beatty. Uh, I'm also running a project called FurrowedSound.co.uk, which is playing with record cutting and performance. So have a look. It's very groovy stuff. I've just yes. been looking at it. Oh no! What the pu- the puns? It's very groovy. Groovy stuff. Oh, oh, Jesus. I didn't even think of that. Steve, uh, you're like a broken record. I've been Adam Stuff. Um, you can find me on adamstuff.co.uk. Um, I just added a new music video that uh, of, a, of a single that me and an artist put out. And it's really good. She's amazing. Um, I, I'd go and check it out. Or I'm at AJ Staff on Twitter. And I'm at adam staff underscore producer on instagram and um, where i mostly post pictures that are twin peaks themed so that's good <laughs> if you like that sort of thing and uh yeah you can find me on the internets uh at opus science or go to opussciencecollective.com uh or go to my band camp and and help me feed my cat by buying my music which is opussciencecollective.bandcamp.com nice yeah. So that was episode five of Adam and Steve Save the Music Industry featuring Dylan Beatty. Thank you again for, for like coming in and chatting. Um, and tune in next time. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.